the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Because <laughs> they raping everybody out here. Should, now, a, should a Jewish I baker think, be required to bake a I Nazi wedding Muslim cake? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, how about that? It feels kind of like we're up the creek. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry. I'm the boss. That's how about that? And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Well, I'm not a crook. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Had your kids, had your wife. Whole binders full of, uh, of women. You just gotta keep on paddling. You know, I got talking blood, man. Streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. <laughs> Welcome to Up the Creek. You guys do anything for the game? Not really. So last year we had a pretty big Super Bowl party. But this year, so, you know, my wife, she's a, the biggest Chiefs fan. Yeah. Um, Can you hear yourself pretty decent? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're good then. Yeah, so <clears throat> she's, you know, the world's biggest Chiefs fan. And last year we had a quite a few people over not i mean it wasn't huge but it was decent sized and uh she said this year that if they went back that we couldn't have one because she couldn't concentrate last year oh yeah yeah people running around right it's like wow i mean i get it but i was like okay so no i feel the pain because the last one we went to was kind of like that like everybody ends up kind of drinking hanging out and talking and Mm -hmm. i'm over here like on the couch like watching the game kind of low-key freaking out and Mm -hmm. everybody's like playing you know, beer pong or whatever. Yeah. And I was like the first half of the game. I, I wasn't paying a ton of, I mean, I was watching it, but I wasn't paying a ton of attention. And then after the second half came along, I was like, Oh, I better watch this game. So what do you think they would have done if, so that whole story about the barber that had COVID yeah. and was cutting their hair, mm-hmm. what would they have done? Cause there was like 20 chiefs in there, including like Pat Mahomes and Tyree kill going to get their hair cut or whatever that day. So would they have rescheduled the Super Bowl, or would they have just been like, "Sorry, guys, your entire starting offense is yeah. not eligible to play"? So, it's I guess if if they did that, we would know that uh, Tom Brady has that much influence. See, that's what I, that's yeah, <laughs> I that's mean, what I told my dad. I was like, that would be like the ultimate Tom Brady conspiracy. Yeah, is that like the entire Chiefs offense gets yeah. COVID before the Super Bowl? Yeah, and then Tom Brady <laughs> rides rides into the sunset. Yeah, because I mean, he definitely would. <laughs> Does it sound weird? You you sound really good. Do I sound echoey to you? Um, maybe in the sense that I can hear your voice talking at me, huh. and also in my headphone. That's weird. Maybe your volume's down or something. Hello. That sounded fine. That sounded better. Yeah. Maybe I, I just need to get it closer then. Okay, how does this sound? Yeah. Much better? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, for a second I was like, I don't know, it sounded odd. Um, yeah, that would definitely be the, the ultimate Tom Brady. Man. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if that happened, I I would, yeah, it's true. Everything, right. I mean, it's fucking true. It's all rigged. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, man. You know, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm not real worried. I'm, I'm nervous, don't give me a little, I mean, but. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, you know, he just, he's good and he's got experience. And, you know, they they have good receivers and. They're a good team, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not that worried. The Chiefs are so, it's a historic team. Like it's going to be, yeah. you know, 30 years from now. Oh man, remember that Chiefs team that they had for 
you know, the 2020s or whatever. Yeah. And I, I want to say it's going to be kind of like that Bills game. Yeah. And not that Tampa Bay is going to end up making, you know, Tom Brady's not going to make the same mistakes that Josh Allen did, but it's going to end and the score might look closer than what the game actually was. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel like it's going to be. Yeah. Like there might be a moment where, oh, Tom Brady's got the ball, two minutes to go, it's still a game, but it's like two and a half scores, you know, and then they might yeah. get a touchdown. So it's going to end up being like closer than 34 to 24 or something like that, but it's. The whole yeah. game is going to look like the Chiefs are just having their way. That's what I think, anyway. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that's how it is. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's remember the Chiefs of the past. Anything can happen. Oh yeah, they're yep. diff, they're a different team now. I mean, obviously they're they finally got an offense that's worth a damn. They got a quarterback. Defense is doing well. Um, but it's like, well, if the Chiefs can do it, the Chiefs will do it. So, would you take Alex Smith back as a backup quarterback? Hmm. That's a really good question. I mean, Alex Smith did a lot for the Chiefs. Took yeah. him to playoffs. I mean, yeah, we didn't get a Super Bowl, but right. before him, it was terrible. I don't, so, I don't know if he'll come back to Washington or if he'll retire or if he'll try to, you know, yeah. be a backup for a couple of years. Or I would, yeah, now that you say that, yeah. And he has that story behind him, which everybody's like, oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, because, what, Henny, he, he's like 35 years old. I think Alex Smith with a, you know, semi-crippled leg, Better than Chad Henney. Yeah. I just, that's, yeah. <laughs> Nothing against the guy. I mean, he makes a lot of money for not having to do anything. If Chad Henney had not thrown that egregious oh God. interception into the end zone, he would have had a fine game. Yep. I but would, that pass was so, like, yep. that's what I would expect me to do yeah. if I was playing in the NFL. You know, I was talking about Because it was a long <laughs> floater and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my wife about it, and I guess Andy Reid told him to do that. He said, just throw the damn ball. Did he? Not in those words, but he just said, throw the ball. Take a chance. Yeah. yeah. And cool, but man, you got to be smarter than that. I mean, yeah, listen I, yeah, to your I coach, could, but not yeah. lob it up to where it floats. I said, throw the ball, but towards the receiver, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, I could kind of see him saying that, though, you know, because uh, Alex Smith was always sometimes too cautious. Oh, very much so. You Pete. know, especially in the first few years, but. I think, didn't he go a whole year there with like only one interception? I think towards the very end. Yeah, I, I, I would believe it. Because he only did those little short screen passes, you know. I mean, sure. Just... But on, like, the deep route thing, I, I could almost see him saying just take a chance because when your receivers are as good as the Chiefs are, I mean, Chelsea, True. Hill, yeah. I mean, they don't have a bad receiver. No, no. You know, so, yeah, let them go up and make a play. You know, and then we're, since we're talking about that, with the receivers we have now, I mean, Alex Smith might be able to win some games and actually do pretty well, you know. He was always, you know, handing it off generally, but I think it'd be different. No, I think so too. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he, I, I think there was a couple of years there with Alex Smith, even at the end, where it wasn't his fault. Like both of the playoff games that he was in, where they were like knocking on the door of AFC Championship, where mm-hmm. Alphonse was outstanding. It was always the defense. Yeah, just but the Bob Sutton defense just fell apart. Yeah, and I feel like that's one thing that's undersold is the. You know, it might not be the highest-ranking defense any given year, but they make plays when it matters, mm-hmm. and they're very fast. Uh, and and they get they get turnovers, and they, you know, stop them when they need to. So that Steve Spagnuolo defense, mm-hmm. I think, has has made probably more defense more uh, difference. Sure, yeah, than yeah. the offense has because yeah. we knew the offense was going to be good, and it was it was good then. It's right. just a little better now. I mean, well, a lot better, but it's you know. Yeah, and you can have the world's greatest offense. But if you have no defense, right, it doesn't I mean, matter. A shitty team every, can still every be. game becomes a shootout. Now yeah. you're in a shootout with 
yeah. you know, Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Chiefs, um, what's his name? What's the offensive uh, coordinator? Um, Bien-Ami. Bien-Ami. What do you think about him not getting a head coaching job? <laughs> Are you going to you gonna jump on the bandwagon? Well, <laughs> hold on. I just want to throw this out there. It's real sad that rich guy can't get richer. I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I look at it like this. I mean, I... So Eric Bieniemy doesn't call the plays Andy Reid does, right? Bieniemy's just the guy who relays them into the helmet. Yeah, I understand that Bieniemy plays a role in scheming up for the games, and he's he's the offensive coordinator by mm-hmm. by all measures. But if you watch Bieniemy talk, maybe this isn't fair, but he doesn't come across the same way that like. Andy Reid would for, and I'm not trying to say he should be Andy Reid, but mm-hmm. there's like a, I don't know if it's confidence or something. There's something missing when you hear Bienemy talk. So I wonder if he just doesn't interview well, you know, maybe possibly. And <clears throat> I, I will also go this direction, and this is the you know where we get in trouble part is is the only reason that we are concerned that Eric Bienemy is not getting a head coaching job because of the Rooney Rule. Like if that wasn't a thing, does anybody even care? Right, and and so I think there's some of that too because I remember when the Cowboys hired uh, Mike McCarthy, there was talk about, oh well, they didn't interview, you know, ten coaches and follow the Rooney Rule and stuff like that, and it, you know, I can understand some of that, you know, given the history of the country, I, I do, sure, but at the same time, if you're looking for somebody to do a job for you, and you already know who you want to do that job. And they're available, mm-hmm. and they want to come do that job. Should you be obligated to do a bunch of phony interviews for people that you don't want anyway? Right. You know what I mean. And so, yeah. what good does something like the Rooney Rule even do if the people aren't going to change their mind anyway? Right. Right. And well, so, are just, you injecting race into something where there's and that's what we're doing? It's not even there. Yeah, you know? and that's exactly what we're doing. We got very political very fast with this conversation. Sure. Well, but the other thing to me <laughs> is I mean, like screw true. all you people because yeah. You know, I Well the thing is I that, want the Chiefs to keep Eric Bieniemy because that's one thing that tanks young quarterbacks is when the offensive coordinator changes all the time. Yeah. And so hell, Andy Reid's old, so I don't know. Maybe Reid leaves in two years and Bieniemy steps in and Pat Mahomes keeps the same offensive consistency and just You know you know what that's a fucking good point. Maybe, I'm a Chiefs fan, man. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Like yeah, I don't we can care. talk about Eric Bieniemy not getting a job and like if that's what he wants Man, I hope he gets it because I want everybody to have what they want. But at the same time, yeah, I'm selfish, man. Yeah, keep him. Shit. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a killer offense. Why <laughs> right. do I want to get rid of this guy? <laughs> right. And, you know, maybe he does become the the Chiefs head coach, and that would be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the ultimate. I would think that would be the ultimate. Yeah. I mean, but you said a minute ago it's come down to skin color, and that's what all this is, just skin color. Sure. I mean. So it's something to talk about, yeah. so the media jumps on it. Yeah, know? it's, it's you know, the guy is. Because uh, we're not there. And like what I said, I mean, I, I I'm not knocking on the guy. I mean, he obviously is way better at doing football than lots of people on planet Earth because he's doing it in the NFL, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't interview as good. Why does it have to be a is he supposed to automatically get a head coaching job because of his race? Well, you know. And that's kind of what people are thinking. Everybody it's, expects that, you know. Yeah, and it's like, well, every or the last however many uh offensive coordinators under under Andy Reid have become head coaches elsewhere. And yeah. so by default, he gets to and since he hasn't, it's it's because skin color, and now it's racism. It's like, right. or he's just not as good. But you argue with people, and they're no, no, he is, he is good. He's better. Well, right. 
maybe, like you said, maybe he doesn't interview well. But, I mean, that interview is a lot. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be honest to admit ignorance, though, because that's not a thread that I've I paid a ton of attention to this year. Like, I don't know what head coaches went where and, you know, what the perception of everybody who got hired is. I don't much either, but my wife was, uh, she was talking about it. Yeah. And she has been following it, I guess. Anywho, you want to go ahead and start, though, on the uh, topics of today? Oh, sure. Jump, so, jump into politics here. The first one up there is the parlor CEO, John Matsy or Matsy, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. The board of parlor fired him because what Matsy wanted to do. Now, remember, parlor got kicked off of the app store and then Amazon kicked him off the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, in. And wanted him to like do different moderation stuff and things like that. So the CEO of Parler, what he wanted to do, according to him, is basically ban neo-Nazis, like known uh-huh. Nazi people, and, and uh, groups that are listed as terrorists by like the FBI. Sure. Like as a starting point. Mm-hmm. So the board of Parler did not like that. They took a more absolute free speech position and basically eliminated John Matz from the company that I kind of think he had a huge role in starting. Right. So (laughs) this is odd. Yes. There's, this is an interesting one to me because on the one hand, you have this absolutist free speech argument. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, you have kind of the walled garden argument. Mm -hmm. Now the absolute free speech I get, I'm okay with that. I don't have a quarrel with like, you know, Dan Bongino or the guys who who go that route. But I'm not so sure that that's what people actually want or actually need out of a social media app. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to cheer on the censorship that we've seen Twitter do. Because I think just because you ban like known officially and federally charged neo-Nazis or whatever that you are somehow then this giant omnibus censoring speech. Because I do think there is a difference between getting rid of people that are willfully antagonistic versus censoring the Hunter Biden story. Absolutely. I guess my biggest thing is being like a a person who is very much pro uh, freedom of speech. We've talked about it in the past, but... I just don't think censoring any kind of speech is the way to go. Um, yeah, there's Nazi groups out there, and they feel like the way is to you know teach people that 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 those are bad. And, and, and no matter what you you censor those people, they're still going to find an outlet to talk about it. I mean, right. and I, I get like you don't want to be the one who's known to host Nazi free speech, right? You know, and I, I understand that. I understand how the public could perceive that, but at the same time, it's like well. We don't. You don't have to listen to those people. I mean, no matter what, they're gonna find a way to do it. Um, it's a touchy subject. So then we go like. So then you want to you could like go into like the morality thing about it. It's like so now they are the controllers of morality, their platform. So then what becomes moral and what doesn't become moral? Moral. Sorry, you you, you banned for Nazi uh, speech and, and and groups and whatnot. Okay, get that. But then it's like well. Then you had this group. And, you know, then we, we go down this, like... It's you know, the slippery slope argument. Exactly. So the so, argument of somebody... <clears throat> I'm putting words in his mouth, but let's say Bongino. Mm-hmm. In my head, what I imagine him thinking is, so you want to ban Nazis. Okay, I get it. Nazis suck. 
But look at everybody that the left has called Nazi over the last two years. Yeah, everybody that doesn't agree with them. Yeah, and I would agree with that, but that's where I would say, but you're the one who's in control of Parler. You're not obligated to go down the slippery slope. And to the audience that you're catering to with Parler, just because you ban, you know, some skinhead who's covered in tattoos for being like an actual Nazi doesn't mean that you're obligated to go ban Jack Posobiec of OAN because some Antifa guy called him a Nazi. Like, if you're the one in control of it, why are you worried about yourself going down the slippery slope if you're the one who's in control of it? And so on the morality issue, I would also argue that this is why we want a walled garden. Because on the right, we want to have a certain set of of morality that Mm -hmm. views things a certain way, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And you can sort of subtly enforce that through something like a social media app where people who are like-minded can go and know that the Hunter Biden story, for example, stuff like that, isn't going to get censored, but they're also not going to be, you know, confronted with straight porn accounts or, mm-hmm. you know, the the hardcore, super-duper right-wing Nazi-type troll dudes that you see on all the alt stuff and and, Mm -hmm. you know they're going to be there to some extent regardless of what you do but i'm not so sure that no control is the answer because i think this is the struggle on the right Mm -hmm. is there's the libertarian types and then there are like conservatives yeah and so the libertarian thing would be the absolutist free speech now when you want to look at absolutist free speech go to somewhere like eight coon and go see what all those boards are there and the type of people that that attracts. Yeah, no shit. Is that where you think people are really going to go to enjoy social media, to find content from, like, you know, magazines and news stories and reporter? Sure. No. It's going to be loaded with racist crap, cartoon porn, and all this other crap that, yeah, it's free speech. But, like, is it really doing you any good? It doesn't mean you have to be against free speech. It just means that my product, which is Parler, is going to be a walled garden. Yeah. And people who want to go into this walled garden. Well, and I guess something we always keep wrapping our heads around is like we feel like there has to be one social media platform. Right. And and no matter like that one social media platform is the world or is the United States. So it has to follow all these it has to follow just free speech in general. When in reality, we can have thousands of different platforms and if you don't like how one platform is talking, you're more than welcome to go join another one yeah. about something. So, you know, I guess it's not so bad that they want to ban neo Nazi. because um, like I said, there is a there's always gonna be a place, eight coon, four chan, whatever, that right. has that content. And I guess if you want to go down that road, it's not like the government's coming down and saying, No, you can't do this. So and then once again you can make the argument it's a, you know, it's a fucking company that somebody owns they can do what they want with their own company i I think the other problem with the way that free speech is presented in current times is that it is always everything gets made into politics and Mm -hmm. so even parlor when it was i was on parlor and i had more followers on parlor than i did on twitter but uh parlor was just 24 7 political stuff more so than Twitter. Oh, hardcore. Because on Twitter, I can at least go follow, like, popular mechanics mm-hmm. or, you know, car and driver or, yeah. or whatever. Right. And Parler didn't have any of that. Now, I'm not saying that those places are going to come because Parler suddenly bans the Nazis or whatever, but it would be easier to attract people who just want to be informed about things that they're interested in and then also entertained as opposed to just 
24-7 political rage, right? Because yeah. if your platform is just 24-7 political rage, it's not going to work. Like, I think it worked in that moment because people were, like, flipping Twitter the bird. But sure. nobody was leaving Twitter because they don't want to go argue or shout in an echo chamber against right-wingers. They want to go troll left-wing accounts on Twitter. And so if right. you don't have any of that stuff on Parler, at some point the entertainment value is not there. And mm-hmm. then you and then you know, you end up with you know, the bot account thing or just empty accounts that don't interact and yeah. it just it, it ends up not working. The same right? people it becomes yeah. self-defeating. It, it, it gets boring real quick when the yeah. same you're listening to the same people talk about Absolutely. the same shit every and every, everybody gives you the same five opinions over yeah. and over and over which yeah. is really the same opinion just with like you know one or two words changed and this is precisely why on my social media I follow different things even stuff that I don't agree with um, politically and then I also follow a ton of car stuff and just comedian stuff and yeah well like my, my Twitter that I have now is just it's all Science fiction, physics, UFOs, yeah, things like that. Like, mm-hmm. there's almost. I still get sucked into politics stuff once in a while, just out of curiosity on like the trending tab. But I don't sure. follow any of that stuff. Yeah, and that's what makes it more enjoyable to me. And like one of the reasons I got off of Facebook this you know second time around is because of the political stuff. Like, I just got for me that's something I get sucked into, and it's just I get it. I get into arguments with family and friends that like. Yeah. Neither of us really care that much about. It's just because of the setting. It becomes easy to just trade sure. punches with each other. Yeah. And it's always over crap that just, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know. It's, and sometimes it's hard to to back away. Because I, I, I'll do it on, I'll do it with just random folks. I'll be scrolling through CNN politics on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm, what do I do? Well, where, the, the entertainment doesn't come from the article. The entertainment comes from the fucking comments. You know, so it's like, go to the comments. And then you see some people say some stuff, and you're just like, what in the fuck? So I was like, yeah. well, well I'm going to put my two cents in. <laughs> and I've noticed that I got relatives that are like that, too, that they, you know, they comment something snide on somebody's thing that they don't agree with. Oh, and it's sure, like, yeah. Why? why? Yeah, and it's just like, why? It was uh-huh. like, anything I say is going to just attract you to do this yeah. unhealthy behavior that when I go look at, like, your stuff, that's all you do. Mm-hmm. And so... It's not good for me to change that perception of you, you know, and it's not really doing anything good for you to just make you think you're getting in digs, you know, against somebody that, you know, his, not, mm-hmm. not that like it's all changed because they're still, a you know, in person, it's fine. But, you know, growing up, you have a certain perception of them and you get along and everything's fine and some fond memories. And then now suddenly this stuff starts and it's like, I'm just going to punch that. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not good for It's not achieving no. anything. And because it, when you meet no. them in person, sometimes it's not it's not snide and shitty like yeah. that. So it's like, why is there even an avenue to do shit? It's it's yeah. like it's bait, you know. It's trying sure. to it's yeah. the dark side of the force trying to suck you down the rabbit hole, you know. <laughs> and sometimes it works. <laughs> yes, it, a lot of times it works. And you know what's crazy though too is you you're more than welcome to have friends and family that have different opinions too. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. Like I know people that are like, I'm not friends with that guy anymore. Why? Well, because. <clears throat> I just, I couldn't handle, you know, how he thinks anymore politically and stuff like that. And it's like, what? I just, what? I, yeah. I don't know. I have friends that are very liberal. I mean, not liberal, progressive. Mm-hmm. Socialism, the whole nine yards. Bernie bros. They're still friends of mine. Sure. I still talk to them. We don't talk about politics. And sometimes we do. We'll get into, not really arguments, but a debate, a friendly debate. 
and we both have our ways. We both have our thoughts. There never ends in anything. Yeah. But I'm still friends with the guy. I'm not going to not become friends with the guy because the way he thinks or she. And and for the, my friends that have, I guess, unfriended people in real life over what they think politically. Like, why? Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think that's healthy either. Because if you go back to the echo chamber, echo chamber thing, if you, I don't know, you have to... The beauty about America is everybody has all these different thoughts, and you can learn new things from all this different stuff instead of sitting in an echo chamber where you think the same thing over and over and over, and you preach the same thing over and over and over, and it's the same hundred people saying the same thing over and over and over. That's an out, that's actually not good. That's real bad. You know, I mean, I get we're all going to go have our own little echo chambers for a little, you know, to uh, to a certainty, but we, st- I don't, to me, I think you still have to have that other side and, and have other opinions. Yeah. To, I guess help help you grow. Right. I you know, and I think this is an oversimplification, but in the left versus right in America, there's a I think a lot of it is the emotion brain versus the logic brain. Oh, yeah. And from my perspective, I would say that the right tends to be the logic brain and mm-hmm. the left is the emotion brain. Sure. Now, I'm not saying that any either of those things is better than the other. Um, they're both necessary. And it would behoove people who have a logic brain to learn to communicate with people who have the emotion brain and then vice versa. Yeah. Because you can't have a lack of either one of those things and be functional. Well, you can right? have such a logic brain, you have a lack of empathy and that's sure. not good. Well, it's, it's, it's the reason that there's like a mother and a father, mm-hmm. right? So when your kid falls down and gets hurt, dad's response is, well, serves you right, you know, get up and don't do walk it, again. it off and don't right. do it again, right? But yeah. then, you know, the, the cliche mom response is, oh, honey, are you okay? Come here and have a hug. Both of those things are necessary at times, mm-hmm. right? There needs to be tough love that you learn from, but there also needs to be empathy, compassion, and, and you know, consolation, basically, of, of an event. And we're so anti being able to do all of those things that, you know, we run into problems. And that's also a, a really great Star Wars reference. <laughs> it always comes back to Star Wars. Yeah, because the Jedi it, were not emotional. Right. And the Sith were too emotional. Yes, Star Wars is life, by the way. (laughs) All right. You want to jump into the next one? Yeah. Um, So, I guess you can can do it. You you put this on here. Go ahead. I don't want to take your glory. Uh, The Venezuela one we're going to have to open. It's it's been a hot minute. I'm not sure exactly where they're going with that one. So, go ahead and pull that up, and we'll jump into the next one. So, the Congress has a bill in there to ban body armor. So New York State wants to do that, and then I think California has a bill to do that, and then there's also a bill in the federal government mm-hmm. uh, to ban the civilian ownership of body armor. Yeah, the uh, the federal one came out at the end of 2019 and just has been kind of sitting on the table for a year now. Thanks, Trump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know that it was Republicans who did it. It's no, just give, it's, give people some... It's still sitting in, at the House. I, it's, I don't think it's even really made anywhere been talked about much but it's really scary to know that so i while i do not agree with this argument but i do slightly understand the uh the argument of the left that guns kill people it's really it's the it's the person holding the gun and you know operating it that kills people but it can be used as a tool to kill something it really can now body armor serves one purpose and that is to protect the wearer right what in the fuck and then so i talked to a guy and uh, he's not a, a lefty, but he was thinking along the same lines of, well, I can understand because 
You know, a guy can go into a bank, a bank and rob a bank, and if he has body armor on, he can't be taken down. I don't give a fuck. I, I seriously, that is a terrible argument. And and how often does that happen? Exactly. The, there's like the one incident of like the two guys that were dressed up, you know, in full blown body armor that went to rob a bank, you know, yeah. like thirty years ago. Right. And then there was like one instance um, in England, I think, like sixty years ago, that was pretty famous. But like, that's not the norm. No, not at all. At all. It, it and it to me, it really feels like, hey, let's not only disarm the population, but let's make it so they are vulnerable. Vulnerable as yep. fuck. Now, I will, so if you read that bill, one thing in there that I thought was more insidious, because when you say body armor, people just think bulletproof vest, Mm -hmm. but that bill actually says shields and helmets. Yes. So think about all these Antifa riots that we just saw. Now, the penalty in the bill, if I'm not mistaken, was that it would make this into like a four-year felony, I think it was. Four, I thought. Now, I don't think that was like a mandatory minimum, but that was just a potential potential thing. It's something about a fine, too, but it didn't say what. So... Now we're we're quite likely entering a world where protest comes over whatever issue. Government says protest has to disband because it's a health risk, right? Because now we're in the post-COVID world where everything mm-hmm. is, oh my gosh. Sure. So now, if you don't do that, the people that are left over are going to be the diehards. So the cops are going to come. People are going to come bring their shields and their helmets, which everybody saw Antifa doing. Tons, tons of them. Now that's a felony. Yeah. So you're all felons because you're out here in public protesting wearing armor and it's scary. Uh-huh. Uh, that's an interesting one because what's that really telling you? It's it's going back to the vulnerable thing because those yeah. people aren't necessarily even there to hurt people. I mean, destroy property, sure, but they're not there to hurt people, you know, physically in a sense. And these protests are often directed at – not. I don't want to get into the Antifa thing in this one, but it's not necessarily that they're all – I mean, like they're targeting a courthouse or a police station mm-hmm. or in the, the Capitol riot thing, right? It's the Capitol building. Sure. And nobody's in there shooting people up, but they're wearing, you know, a helmet and a shield and a plate carrier. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. So what? Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely a way to make people more vulnerable. I did notice one blurb in there that said what they considered advanced body armor, which is what they're trying to ban, mm-hmm. was level three Stuff that was over the NIJ level three. Right, right. I read that too. So technically, it's not saying you can't have body armor. It was saying you can't have body armor that's rated over a certain thing. So like level four body armor, which would be what's over level three, that's like the, you know, can stop an armor piercing bullet and mm-hmm. it's it's real heavy duty. Like right. level three stuff, level three, three plus maybe, because it's not even a, technically an NIJ thing, but, uh, you know, it'll stop a standard AR round at like you know, 20 or 30 yards, mm-hmm. you know, and it'll stop handgun bullets. Yeah. But somebody comes at you with like a deer rifle, like 30 out six or 270, forget it. You have to have level four for, for bigger rounds. Sure. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, that'd be an interesting one to see where it goes. Yeah. I, and I don't, I'm curious where they, so for the person that wrote the bill and I can't remember the guy's name, but like, where did he get his info at? To- he didn't. He didn't offer an explanation, and he was asked about it. So that tells me that yeah. this is almost something that came from upstairs, right? So I Maybe. mean, because even if even if you like like let's go full boogaloo with it, right? You can't take the guns, but you can take the body armor. Yeah, and it just it's a layer of vulnerability because sure. look at like I don't know every. 
talk about the boogaloo, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's people versus Marines or people versus a SWAT team, whatever the right wing fantasy is. Yeah. Uh, one side's going to be heavily covered in body armor, and then the other side has t shirt and jeans. Yeah. Right. Big so, difference. Yeah, and it's not that body armor makes you invulnerable. It's just the idea is that it keeps you from dying instantly because it's still going to hurt like hell, oh, fuck and yeah. you still have lots of areas that are open. Yeah. But uh, that's a that's an insidious one because I think. It's not going to get nearly as much attention on the right as like what a gun ban would, but it's just as insidious because the two are related. It kind of goes back to the uh, like bump stocks a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the right was real quiet about it. Well, one, because we know who was, was behind it and didn't care, but we should, I don't know. It wasn't an actual gun. I feel like the right gets so fucking tied up when it comes to just talking about guns all the other shit, accessories, and everything else can go. So by the end, we're all going to have completely stripped down, no telescopes, no stocks, no nothing. I mean, just basic-ass, you know, AR-15s or whatever, and that's what we're allowed to have. They they, they didn't get our guns. Like, we, they took everything else that helps those, you know? But... Wade is deep in thought right well, now. Well, so... Re- reading. So moving to the, you know, <laughs> socialism basically crushing Venezuela. Yes. So the premise of the article, and this is at Reason.com, is that Venezuela has the largest proven oil reserves in the world. hmm So why do they have gasoline shortages? Why are they not able to get this oil out of the ground and sell it? And why are they not also, you know, by virtue of comparison to the United States, Saudi Arabia, and Russia... Also one of the wealthiest nations in the world, right? Because oil is in... Used to be. Look at your phone. Anything that is plastic, anything that is made of paint, anything that is... All... Ev- everything has oil in it, So right? All petroleum-based, yeah. Yes. So why is that? So the argument here is that the nature of socialism over time, it drove out the education and expertise that is needed to get this oil out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's willing to invest in this big fancy oil rig because there's no payoff, right? Right. So so they have like this old decrepit stuff that existed beforehand that is used, but it's no longer efficient and it needs repairs. But anybody who has this expertise to go get this stuff, they're going to go do it in America, Russia, or Saudi Arabia because they get paid for their efforts. Yes. So there's no reason to stay in Venezuela. Why, Why should I go bust my ass in Venezuela for you know, half a roll of toilet paper and a loaf of bread when I can go to one of these other places and use my expertise and, you know, make a good living in a house that can support a family and and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there you have it. You know, Venezuela is a classic case of why. I mean, they they have it, right? So if the essence, people always say, oh, capitalist, it's just raping the natural world. And okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that for a second. So here's Venezuela in a socialist country and they have this resource that they did not create. It's literally just there, and they're standing on it. Mm-hmm. And they do not have the ability to capitalize that in such a way that is good for their people, because the very system that they have drives the people away. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> for anybody that's anti-capitalist and pro-socialists, socialism will never work because there's always going to be bad people. Mm-hmm. The premise of socialism is a great idea, and if it's voluntary, hell yeah, I'm in. But it, when it's when it's forced, like what happened in Venezuela, because in that article it talks about Hugo Chavez, he basically he took over the complete oil industry before he became in power. Um, Venezuela was one of the richest countries in the world, and uh, <clears throat> he basically sent military members to the board of the 
their their oil uh, company, whatever, like the I don't know, Venezuela's. They had like one big company for their country, and uh, the PDVSA board is what that says. Anyways, he appointed military leaders, and he just took it over, so he could, he got rich as fuck right. off the whole thing, and everybody else, the entire country, suffered. Yeah, and it says right here that he when he took it all over. He appointed military leaders, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what Chavez was. He was a military leader. Yeah. And so he appointed all his buddies to run this big wealthy oil thing, right? Giving it back to the people. And so he fired all the people that were there and, you know, ran them out of town. Well, the average person that got fired had 15 years of experience on that specific job. And all told, you know, if you put it all together, he threw away 300,000 years of labor experience in the oil industry yeah. overnight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, it's one of those classic... Like when you see Antifa or that like chop zone in Seattle, it's like, cool, you guys got what you want. You drove all the people that you claim to hate out of town. Now what? Oh, within two days you have food shortages and people who need medical attention and can't get it and all, you know what I mean? Like, yes, that's not how it works. Just because you're envious or think that somebody is guilty or somebody that stole something from you doesn't mean that you yourself have the same societal value that they do, mm-hmm. which is the big problem with socialism is that like all people are equal in the sense that we all exist and we all have the same basic natural rights that we agree on. Like we agree killing is wrong, for example, or that I shouldn't steal something from you, for Mm -hmm. example. But beyond that, there's really no such thing as, is equity because I mean, if I'm hurt and my option is a doctor who's been trained to work on my broken leg or you, for example, Mm -hmm. I mean, fuck you, Jeremy. You do nothing for me in that situation, right? right? Right. So what does that tell you about socialism and the whole idea that it's the same across the board? Because things aren't the same. Mm-hmm. So it's capitalism is not a morality. It's just a acknowledgement that some things have different values than others. And then that's where like our view of money comes in is that there has to be a means for me to acquire things that have different levels of value, mm-hmm. right? Like an apple might not be as worth as much as like a steak. Right? Right. So it's that simple. Now mm-hmm. that's that's the difference. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've gotten to debates, we'll say, with people about Venezuela and why they still think that socialism makes sense. Yeah, and then there's an obvious uh, one down here too. You know, it's talking about they have diesel fuel shortages, right? Mm-hmm. And diesel is what runs semi-trucks. So just getting food from one part of the country where they grow it to the other, or even importing it and then Mm -hmm. putting it on a truck and getting it from one place where the port is to the place of need, you can't do it. Yeah. Because you literally just don't have the fuel. Well, in this article, too, it talks about bus drivers and stuff. Um, They will have to wait in line to get fuel for days because they don't have to pay for it. It's allotted to them because socialism and you know what they'll do they'll fill their uh their tanks up then they'll go sell it on the side right so capitalism prevails yes it happens anyway <laughs> yes well it's it's bernie sanders and i wrote a best-selling book that's why i'm a millionaire yeah. it's like dude, his, you literally just did the capitalism thing and his his mitten yeah his mitten uh that whole oh at the uh the White inauguration mittens yeah, yeah. It, that he's he and guess what he sold, made a couple million or something, I think, off T-shirt sales of that, basically those mittens, and he don- donated all to charity. I just, Capitalism. I could not be any more prouder of Bernie right now. Right? You know? And then 
AOC, because she's big on the uh, socialism oh, shit. Oh, she too. made the hoodies that were made like the hoodies 60 that, bucks. Like, yeah. Tax the rich, $60. Yep. And that Kevin, whatever his name from Shark Tank, was like, hey, he's like, we can work together. And it's like, you fucking idiots. You're using capitalism right. to get ahead. Right. Yet you preach something yep. else. It's like you guys realize this all goes away if you get your way, right? Yeah. And you know what? And you know what's scary, though, is those people that usually preach that at that high of a level. They are the Hugo Chavises. Yeah, they're the ones who get to do it. It's yeah. just you and me can't do it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Anywho, we can uh, jump off politics here and go back to the t- Oh, I guess we got one more. Talk about... Uh, we got one more, one more political thing, kind of, and then we'll go to something different. But uh, the... United States may end up legalizing marijuana. Yeah, so right before the election, there was the Moore Act, Mm -hmm. which would have made marijuana basically not scheduled by the DEA like it is. Decriminalize it and stuff. And then it ended up not passing. And so the question you have to ask is, well, were they even serious? Is the only reason they put that bill forward because they put Kamala Harris's name on it Mm -hmm. and they knew it wouldn't pass and they wanted to make the Republicans look bad? Yeah. So I kind of thought that would be the end of it, but apparently not. They brought it back up to the Congress, which to me shows that they're kind of serious about it. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not a, a weed smoker by any means, and I have my own personal reservations about it, but good for them. I mean, they're sticking to their guns on something that is not absolutely atrocious because I do not think that a plant is a reason to ruin somebody's life. Sure. You know, or put a permanent mark on their record or destroy a family, you know. Not, and, not only that, a Schedule 1. Yes. So carries some of the highest... Yes. Uh, penalties. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Higher than cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or opium. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which, which is which, a... Which has killed more people, right? Yeah. Fucking pills or somebody who smoked and passed out on their couch watching a football game. Exactly. I, to this day, there has never been a marijuana-related death. Now, that being said, there has been synthetic THC-related deaths, which is synthetic, so it's not the real thing. Right. The vaping stuff. Exactly. But you can even still go get uh, regular THC cooked. It's basically... How they do dabs and stuff. The oil. Yeah, they they get the extract the oil and basically put it in a little pin. You can still do that and still be fine. It's when you make it in a lab. Yeah. Obviously, you know, um, and they make it way too strong. But this this is good. I'm I'm 100% for marijuana. I have smoked it in the past. Don't smoke it now. It's been years since I've smoked it. It's a liar. He's a complete stoner. I'm not. <laughs> Look at him. I guess it should. I shouldn't say it's been years. It's been <laughs> it's been well over probably a couple years though. I should say, um, but. I'm for it. It's a fucking plant, like you said. It should be legal. Um, I guess now they have to decide whether it's gonna. It's 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 always a scale. Which 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 makes them more money? Does the you know the uh, the prison right. system and fines and stuff make them more money now, or is it the taxes going to make them more money? Yep. Now, I think we discussed uh, earlier in a couple weeks ago or a week ago. I think it was like three hundred million or something is what. Colorado made off taxes. Now I know not every state's like Colorado, but just even if every state makes a hundred million dollars in taxes, there's fifty states. Right. But I think and I could be wrong, but like you said, that's what I weigh that against. Like the state doesn't look at this in terms of are we gonna ruin people's lives because these fuckers don't care. What they look at is okay, so I can potentially make three hundred million dollars in tax money. However, is that more than I would make on, you know, getting grants to fund my police departments that funnel up the administration chain, you know, Mm -hmm. is this going to hurt 
the money that lawyers make, you know, doing court cases or how much money goes into the court system through people with marijuana related stuff or, you know, the uh, private prisons, you know, and things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. is it $300 million worth of revenue to the law enforcement crowd versus the tax crowd and and which one's which? And it takes a really bold politician to piss off all the people that are politically connected, which is who ultimately loses out when marijuana becomes, Mm -hmm. you know, not a thing because that SWAT team group or drug buster group or whatever, they're the ones who get shrank ultimately, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. politician who legalizes it, they'll, they'll be fine, but everybody on the back end, yeah. you know, loses out. I mean, that's a, I got to think a multi-billion dollar industry for the DEA oh. to get funding and continue pursuing stuff like this. Sure. And uh, I don't know. I think that's one thing that I think right-wingers would behoove them to think about is the power in the marijuana thing. You know, what direction is that going? Even if you don't like it, like, yeah. is it illegal because it benefits the state? I think so. Yeah. I think the difference is the state can also benefit if it's legal, sure. but, but which one Absolutely. hurts the average person least? And that's if marijuana is legal. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to get past the uh, war on drugs mentality too. Yeah. So many, so many Republicans and conservatives out there just, they've been indoctrinated for the, well, their entire lives, you know, for the most part that, that, you know, that it's bad. You know, that this is the devil's lettuce, that this results in, you know, the, the original story of, of marijuana be, became illegal because, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he owned, an, uh, owned a, I think it might have been the Washington Post or something, way, way, way back when, when co- the cotton industry was booming, because he had the decorticator, which was the same thing as the cotton gin, and it was hurting his industry, and he, he owned the newspaper and uh, had something to do with cotton. Anyways, he put out articles that, you know, Mexicans and black people were raping white women by smoking this plant. And, you know, marijuana, it's like in it's Mexican for like crazy flour or something like that, you know. It's like so for since then, you guys have been, you know, told this drug is bad and it's terrible and it makes people do these things and it's gets it'll, it'll destroy society and blah, 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 blah. So people have to get over that and realize you've been fucking lied to. And that's a big thing for people. So many people, and this goes with just so many different things, but they don't want to feel betrayed. Because when it comes out, hey, actually, this plant was never that bad. Right. And actually, it was, it's was it been smoked for millions of years, and it's actually just fine. But they don't want to feel betrayed by their leaders. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, once people get over that, and once some of these old fucking crotchety-ass Republicans get out of office, we'll see. Yep. Okay, we can jump on to Aliens in Space. Yeah, so the first one is, in recent news, Jeff Bezos stepped down as the CEO of Amazon. And it doesn't mean he's leaving Amazon. I'm sure, even though he's not CEO, he's going to have the biggest voice in the room, right? Because it's Amazon. Sure. But everybody kind of forgot that he also did Blue Origin, which is, you know, Elon Musk does SpaceX, Jeff Bezos does Blue Origin. Mm -hmm. They also have a rocket that flies and is very close to carrying humans into orbit. It's more of a tourist rocket. Like, it's very tiny, and it's not nearly as impressive as anything that SpaceX does. But they have long-term plans to do things that are equal or greater than what SpaceX does. And they've, they have their own contracts from the government for uh, some of the jet engines, or not jet engines, rocket engines that they build. And that's going to be something that is getting more and more of Jeff Bezos' attention. Because... Without even having to open that article and read it, you can see right there. He says mm-hmm. that it's Blue Origin is the most important work that I'm doing based on the simple fact that Earth is the best planet, right? So it's the realization that we have one Earth 
limited resources. Yeah. We need more stuff. We have to start exploring other places that are not Earth. Right? Because, I mean, I you know, in the future, if you think mining is bad or some industrial process is bad, but it's necessary. Well, if you can go do that on Mars and not have to deal with any of the problems that it might cause politically or environmentally on Earth. Yeah. Everybody wins. We could go destroy a planet that's already been destroyed. Mine the fuck out of it. Right. Go find a ball of lithium out there. Shit, there you go. Yeah. Doesn't matter, really. Yep. Ship well, all those people into space and make a mine up there. We'll end up fucking pumping all this shit in the atmosphere of Mars. It'll start growing back and flourishing, and we'll just see what happens. Absolutely. I feel like it's Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. It's like a Iron Man or Tony Stark and like Lex Luthor. Yeah, because he's <laughs> bald and he looks like Lex Luthor, and he yeah, doesn't. He's does. not as he's not as enjoyable as Elon Musk. Right? No, because Elon, like even in the pictures there, he's like smiling and, and he's it, like, "I'm about to post a meme on Twitter." Yeah, he's you know? funny and he's <laughs> make jokes about Dogecoin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and 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 Jeff Bezos is kind of he's quiet. He never talks. You know, he's not loud. You don't see him. Amazon funds a bunch, you know, like they own the Washington Post, and they're not not political, right? Amazon is the ones who banned Parler from the internet. Right. Uh, but you don't hear about him, and so it's kind of like he's the George Soros. He's the one in the background mm-hmm. yanking all the strings. Well, if you if you know that Lex Luthor, he was a good guy for all this time. He ends up becoming a bad guy, you know, and, and it's, it's Right, that. and it's, then you have Elon Musk who is like, goes on Rogan and gets high, and he's like, give people their fucking freedom back. <laughs> yeah. They're like... You know, in in terms of Mars, Elon Musk has already said publicly that, you know, hey, man, I stick people on Mars and we build a colony. It ain't going to have nothing to do with Earth and Earth laws. Mars is going to be independent. He's already said that, which I'm not saying Jeff Bezos doesn't feel the same way. It's just, right. you know who Elon Musk is when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, Jeff Bezos, we don't. Jeff Bezos, but he is a capitalist. I mean, he is absolutely very well. Except he is all for mail-in voting when it comes to, you know, national and like country things, just as long as you're not, you know using mail-in ballots to vote on whether or not Amazon has a union within its workforce. I know. I read that. That's funny. <laughs> Peak irony, because oh, mail-in yeah. voting could be fraudulent. Yeah. We have no way of knowing if this was legitimate or not. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Everything that happened, you know, the last you know last quarter of uh, 2020 was very political. Mm-hmm. It's great stuff. So on that same note, the next one down there, and they're related, you know, because Bezos wants to send... Basically, tourists into space, you know, sell tickets for a rocket, you know, that goes up, comes down. Uh-huh. So Elon Musk, the one of the next Falcon launches later this year, is going to be the first mission that has basically all civilians, four civilians on it that, you know, paid money to have a ticket. Now, it's still super expensive to go there, but it's basically proving that because SpaceX is not the government, they can send whoever they want into space for whatever reason that they want. Yep. And so... People need to get back to realizing this whole thing of governance that we have on this planet, it doesn't really mean anything. No. Like, space is everybody's. I mean... Nobody else If we gets. ever get the ability to travel long distance more, which I think we will see in the next 100, 200 years. Yeah. Uh, that's the final frontier. Like, I, you know, I was talking to my folks the other day, and it's, you know, once upon a time, our ancestors were tired of the way things were going in Europe... And so they left it all behind and came over here, you know? So space is the next thing, right? Like we all bitch yeah. about how things are going down here, whether you're left or right or whatever. I mean, eventually there's going to be an opportunity to go somewhere. It's and it's like, going to be hard. It's going to take sacrifices, but the, you can do it. The show Expanse. The show The Expanse. Yeah. I need to get caught back up on that. I'm way behind. Yeah. 
Well, that's what I was saying about, you know, sending people into space to go mine lithium is mm-hmm. that's basically the belters in the expanse. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then they, the other people live on, um, uh, what's the moon? The moon? Or is it Sirius or? Uh, so Ceres is an asteroid. Ceres. There's yeah, a yeah. Ceres station in the yeah, expanse. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There's of, also yeah. a big colony on uh, Ganymede, which is one of the moons around Jupiter that I think they farm on. There's uh, some stuff at Titan makes an appearance. I don't know if it makes an appearance in the show, but it's mentioned. Um, yeah, it's a good show. Isn't it wild? Like, that's all fake. But at the same time, like, thousand years from now? Oh, it's incredibly thoughtful. Because, yeah. because even even like the moon Ganymede around Jupiter is a, is a good potential one because it's active you know it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a geologically active planet i think or moon sorry and then uh, mars you know people have talked about mars for centuries i mean hell we only stopped thinking that there was existing societies on mars in like the 70s really sure yeah and uh, there's still people who think that there's stuff crawling around underground there. we still don't know we're still like the next article down right there's a rover that's gonna land yeah. on mars like next week yeah that's gonna go land in a crater that if you look at the map i forget the name of it but it's landing in a river delta. Like, it's very obvious that there was a river, and this is where the river went into this giant lake or this giant sea. And there's a crater inside this lake near the delta of the river. That's where the rover is going to land because they think that they've seen ice there, and they want to go see if there's ice there, and they want to test to see if there is signs of past life or if there could have ever been life or if it could be habitable to life in the future. Yeah. So we're still not even done with ruling out uh, Mars on stuff like that. And, you know, I think that's another big one too, even in terms of the, the SpaceX thing is you realize how fickle kind of government and the argumenting arguing is down here, because once somebody goes up there, that's it. I mean, the FAA can say, oh, you can't launch a rocket. But, but then when you think about it is the only reason you're not letting me launch a rocket because you don't want me to leave because whatever I do up there, you can't control. Absolutely. Right. So if earth is like little petty dictators, you know, what do you do? Yeah. And that's that's I think going to be the thing we're going to have to answer is you know, how do we how do we handle space and how do we treat it? And, and officially so far, like NASA has said that, you know, hey, if anybody goes to the moon and wants to bring back moon rocks, we'll buy them from you. Now, it's not like they're paying some crazy fee that's going to pay for a moon mission, but the sentiment is just showing that there is some willingness within the institutions to say hey, we want people to go into space because we recognize that we're going to need resources and ways to get up there and so on and so forth. What you meant to say was if anybody goes to the moon, then we, as in me and you and everybody else, will pay for them. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, taxes. Absolutely. Don't get me started on that. Fucking taxes. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to open that article. So. No, that's fine. I, so speaking of taxes, you uh, you don't have to throw your numbers out there or nothing, but it's basically you work... Four and a half months out of the year yes. for the government, and then the rest of it you get to keep. Yes. And uh, did the math earlier. Yeah. You know, that's, I think, a lot of people, if they really looked at it, and I, that wasn't even counting like sales tax on groceries and, you know, local stuff that you don't think of, right? No, uh, it wasn't t- counting any kind of tax on any utilities, <laughs> sales tax on, you know, the food I buy, gas tax. Right. Uh, that, that was only uh, federal, t- federal income tax, state income taxed. Um, Medicare and Social Security. Right. And then that was... Yeah, but Jeremy, man, if you didn't pay those taxes, like, <laughs> you wouldn't have society because yeah. because right. nobody would want to sell you food because there's no government. Right. Right. Because, there's no overpower. Yeah, that I would never do anything for you because there's no government saying, like, no. you know, whatever, dude. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's the dumbest thought in the world. Like, and there are people out there that think about it. They think like that, though. Yeah. They really I, do. I don't want to like root for anarchy necessarily, but that word has become so poisoned in people's minds mm-hmm. that you don't realize that almost every interaction you do throughout your entire life is anarchy. You, yes. You get along with other people because that is what's best for you and it's what's best for them. You mm-hmm. have something I want. I have something you want. We make a trade. That's anarchy. Why does there need to be a third party in the middle of that. Why, like, like you have that beer. I'm like, oh, Jeremy, man, can I have a beer? Like, yeah, dude, two bucks, because, you know, this beer wasn't free. And then the government's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to get my piece 7% sales tax on yeah, that I beer. Need, you can't do that. I need 14 cents of that. Right. Or, or like, you know, one thing, too, is uh, back to kind of Boogaloo thought, you know, it's always like, oh, man, if I just had a bunch of land and had a compound, you know, I'd be sweet and I wouldn't need society anymore. But it's like property taxes. There's always you, you never really own it. Even if no. you pay your house completely off and you're not tied to any bank whatsoever, property taxes. <laughs> My wife earlier you're renting it from the government. <laughs> My wife earlier, I love her to death. She was she was like, I can't even take a shit without getting taxed. Yeah, the water. <laughs> the water yep, tax the and water. the toilet paper. Yep. The sales tax on the toilet paper. You know, and then I don't know about your area, but there's areas where you, you can't dig a well. Right, so yeah. you do not have an option to, to not use the the water that you know the the city or whoever even paying then for. even then if even if you dig a well, yep, you, you still get dinged for having the meter in your house because like where I live, yeah, I could do that. I could run my house in a well. well it takes electricity but, to uh yeah to even to pump it. Yep. So because it's not pressurized, so you right. still pay a tax on electricity for that. No, you can't get around. Ta- I mean, death whoa. and taxes. Yep, the two things that are the most certain in life. We didn't mean to get political again, folks, but, you know, it just kind of kind of happens on this podcast. Everything's political. It is. <laughs> uh, the next two on the space thing. Dinosaur remains on the moon. What? Yeah, it's, it's been a minute since I read this one, but the idea is that are there dinosaur bones on the moon? And some scientists actually think so. I'm going to get that. Uh, I'll bring that wireless keyboard out. Well, next time you come over. Um, so I think the idea here is that the asteroid blast that hit Earth that they think killed the dinosaurs mm-hmm. could have sent crap up to the moon. Because we know that impacts on the moon have sent crap to Earth, and things that have hit Mars have sent pieces of Mars at sure. Earth that we have actually found on Earth. So I don't know. How wild would that be to be walking around on the moon and find a T-Rex tooth or something? be badass. You know, and I always wonder, too... I don't know, like, microbe stuff, like those tardigrades, right? The water bear that can, like, live in space Yeah, pretty well. I mean, who's to say there isn't stuff like that up there in, like, some frozen crater eating well, some sort of weird space algae or space mushroom that's growing, you know? Because, like, spores, have you ever, like, seen how, like, ridiculously durable? Like, think about a mold spore. Yeah. You can fucking bleach this whole room. Still have them. Cook the shit out of it. Still have mold spores. Yep. Right? So, I mean, hell. Well, cockroaches can live through a nuclear blast. Sure. Maybe cockroach fossils up there. You know, uh, well, and, and it makes you think about about uh, what the, the, the broader idea is called panspermia, I think it is, where like mm-hmm. there's there's life on one planet and then it ends up on another. So, you know, a, a comet, you know, something hits and gets blasted off and then it goes and crashes and lands somewhere else and then it infests that planet with, with its whatever this new form of life is. Yeah. And... Finding dinosaur bones on the moon, I think, would be a very interesting moment for that idea because it would say, oh, wow. You know, even though this is a dead tooth, right, it proves that 
even on the local sense, this is an incredibly possible thing. So who's to yeah. say that, you know, a chunk didn't wander through space with a tardigrade on it and make its way to, you know, some valley in Mars or something where it crashed into a crater that did have water sure. or something. Yeah, I mean, like, you can watch documentaries on Netflix that are just all about dirt. Stuff you don't even see, but you dig three feet into the dirt and there's just, there's more life in this one cubic foot of soil yeah. than there is in like a square mile, you know, like, you know, per, mm. per organism type basis. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I don't know. It could be absolutely teeming with life up there and space T-Rexes. That's the next movie. <laughs> we go to the moon. There's space T-Rexes up Well, there, there. was that game back in the day, uh, Turok, I think it was. I don't know what planet they were supposedly on, but there mm -hmm. was it was like a dinosaur planet. Oh, wow. And so, like, crap goes wrong. It's kind of like, you know, Doom, you're on Mars, and the demons come out, but it was like you're on sure. this planet, and there's dinosaurs, and then the station screws up, and there's dinosaurs everywhere. So you're fighting, like, alien dinosaurs. That was a good movie. Like, a movie. It was a good story. Starship Troopers. Yeah, pretty much, except dinosaurs instead of bugs. Fucking A. You know, if the, if the universe is infinite, that has to be out there somewhere. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there might be planets out there. That still have dinosaurs roaming around. Or, yeah, or things that we would call dinosaurs. Something you know, like, of that something nature, like that. yeah. I always wonder, like, the moons that are around Jupiter and Saturn, and even, even Neptune, I think, has a couple that are icy and they think have an ocean. Squids. Squids and octopuses are aliens. There's no way that shit came from Earth. You know you what know, I mean? Especially, like, oh, they're so smart. Oh, they're ridiculous. And they can actually camouflage, like... Kind of like chameleon, you Camouflage, know? Camouflage, solve problems. There's there's evidence that they have emotions, yep. you know, and they just... Yeah, I always wonder, too, like dolphins, for example. Yep. Like, it's, well, if the dolphins are so smart, why didn't they build an airplane? It's like... They have you're, hands. You're a freaking dolphin. You don't need an airplane. You're, you're perfectly suited to navigate the environment that you're in and go anywhere you want and have an unlimited buffet and virtually... I mean, dolphins are across the whole planet. I mean, they're... Yeah. They're peak form. Now... On the one hand, though, that's what makes humans unique because we are also perfectly suited for virtually every environment on planet Earth and can go wherever we want. The mm -hmm. difference is we have the ability to escape those environments and go places where humans are not well suited to, which is like space and deep ocean and things like that. So yeah. clearly the dolphins aren't as smart as us, but you just in terms of like life, I mean, things can hit a hit a point and just be like, why do I need to do more? What if, what if dolphins are smarter than us? They just got born in this stupid body with no hands what's the uh, <laughs> uh there's a book in a movie uh something guide to the galaxy the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy okay. the dolphins yeah right god it's been so long i don't yeah, remember. I don't, yeah. remember I don't remember that the dolphins are like screw this place and they leave they just like teleport back up into space and <laughs> the dolphins were aliens the whole time okay, yeah they just thought they'd found like paradise where they could hang out on the beach and be beach bums basically yeah you know, then they're like, ah, screw this, we're out of here. I think it was probably middle school or high school when I read that, and... Yeah, Earth gets canceled. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're done with Earth. <laughs> yeah. TV show sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, next one. Oh, yeah, so we can just briefly hit that one. So a while back, they thought they had detected a phosphine gas on Venus, which is interesting because the phosphine only tends to appear with... Uh, organic stuff, you know, life on mm -hmm. Earth. And so it was like, oh, wow, we found phosphine on Venus. That means there's something alive down there. Yeah, they were wrong. It's just sulfur dioxide. So, the end. <laughs> That's it. Which, which yeah. uh, you know, as much as I just kind of rooted for, like, you know, panspermia and life in space, me personally, uh -huh. I kind of don't think there is. 
You don't think so? No, I think it's N- dead. No matter where, any any other planet, nothing. What about all these planets? Say, you know, the, so the idea that the universe is teeming with life. Okay, so what does the idea teeming mean? Because the universe is freaking huge. Sure. So this is but work. everything Bad that idea. we do look at out there is dead, and so we have to look at the things that make Earth Earth. And I think. You know, you could kind of go through the Drake equation and come up with, oh, it's got to be teeming with life. But you could also go through the Drake equation and say, wow, Earth is extraordinarily rare. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, especially when you account for, like, time. Because, like, what we know about Mars is that it did have water. It did have an atmosphere. It did have a magnetic field. It had all the right things for life. But it didn't have those things for long enough for the way that, like, science thinks about how life came about on Earth to actually happen. So there might not have ever been life on Mars because Mars wasn't around long enough to have life. And that's before you even get into the, you know, creationism versus evolution and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is is the direction that I personally go. So, yeah, I kind of favor rare earth. You know, I wouldn't be shocked to go find, you know, algae or something out there. And, And certainly that would be life. That would be organic material that's alive. But that's and a far cry from us, an intelligent being that builds rocket ships. You know, and maybe mean? we're just the most advanced out there in this. That's possible too. There's you know? life, but it's not our kind of life. That's one thing I've always wondered too. Is that you know anybody who's read a lot of sci-fi, you know, there's always, you know, they find this alien species, but then they find out that there's another alien species that's like super ancient and was super advanced and is kind of mysterious because nobody's seen one in a thousand years and you know what happened to them and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. you always have to kind of ask yourself. Maybe that's us. Maybe we're the first ones. Maybe those those aliens that go planet to planet doing all this stuff and, you know, butt probing things, maybe that's us in the future. Maybe, could, maybe, could be. maybe we're the yeah. ones that are going to go butt probe the greys and not, not the other way around. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I, I just, my, my, I just don't know how, if it's really infinite like they, like they think. And, you know, there's, obviously we have not been to them, but they've, they've found planets that they believe could, uh, could hold life yeah you know, so earth like i just I, to me i think like there has to be something there in october of this year the james webb space telescope is going to get launched out of south america and uh that's you know compared to the hubble it's like i don't know 10 times bigger than the hubble like the james webb telescope has a whole bunch of mirrors that are mm-hmm. put together i can't remember how many but like each one of them is bigger than the mirror on the hubble it's gonna it's huge it's going to change what we know about space over the term of its existence and functionality. One of the first things it's going to look at is this uh, star system called Trappist. And there are, I think, five, maybe even more planets in that star system that are in the habitable zone that are roughly the same size as Earth. You know, some are slightly bigger, slightly smaller. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be huge. That's going to go a long way because that telescope is going to be big enough and powerful enough to tell us some very specific things about the atmospheres on those planet. And, you know, from there we can make a lot of inferences about to what it's actually like. And then as we get, you know, perfect the light sail or build a nuclear rocket, things like that might be a hundred years from now, but we'll eventually be able to send something to those planets. Sure. Yeah. Super exciting stuff. Yeah. This, this year and the next like 10 years are going to be, you know, barring war or economic collapse, which unfortunately both seem kind of likely, uh, could be a massive push for uh, human exploration of space. And 
in a really interesting way because it's not necessarily going to be governments that are doing it. It's going to be people. Civilians, yeah, yeah. Yeah, civilians. It's almost like we're having another Cold War slash space race. Yeah, yeah. But think, really, it's just it the United States mostly. Well, but. it's the United States and it's China. And I think that that's mm. fascinating because what we're talking about is civilians versus government. So China is all CCP mm-hmm. and Earth, or not Earth, but the United States, you know, SpaceX. I mean, obviously, there's government funding that goes into all of that stuff. I'm not trying to say that the government doesn't spend tax dollars propping up some of these companies. But mm-hmm. even when you get down to like... Uh, NASA and the Jet Propulsion Lab, right? That's it in uh, California at a university. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's tax supported, but all the people there don't necessarily work for the government per se, because all the science that NASA does is public domain. So it's not like right. staying locked up and skewed a certain way. And uh, that's awesome, you know. And then if SpaceX does, you know, that civilian rocket doesn't blow up, and they go up there, you know, fast forward a hundred years. I mean, there's a there's tons of commercial incentive to go up there and do stuff. And then when you make discoveries, they can be trade secrets that you make money from, you know, building a better spaceship or a colony on Mars where people that, hey, you want free speech? Come live on Mars, you know, because Earth turned into a shithole, right? It'd be stuff right. like that. Right, so. right. We'll see, man. We will see. All right. Well, one of us needs to reach down there and change that. <laughs> I'm gonna take a piss. Actually, let's take a it. break. <laughs> okay, back from our pee break. So we jump right into technology. How uh, much would you pay for an Apple car? I don't know, cause we were we were just talking on our break. We were just talking about Apple computers and stuff, and uh, I like them. I'm a big fan. Would that be weird if like, <laughs> I mean, because Apple would. Everything works so seamlessly, no matter what you have that's Apple. Right. iPad, iPhone, my Mac, my watch, my Apple TV. I started working out doing the Apple uh, fitness workout things. It's a walled garden. It right? is. Yeah. They, they, they do not necessarily work great with like other crap, but if you're within the walled garden. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah. And everything works flawlessly. Yeah. The Apple fitness thing, because I got a watch, mm-hmm. it shows your stuff, like your heart rate and all that on the screen. Right. It's like, oh, on, on my TV, it's like, what the hell? I mean, it just, everything works so well. So, yeah, if you had an Apple car, I mean, your watch would be like your key. Sure. Why not? Or your phone. Right. you get in and you could probably start it from right. wherever. They're already trying to do that with like house locks and stuff, right? They're like, yeah. they run on Bluetooth, right? Yeah. So just when you're close to it. Like cars connects. cars already do that with yeah, like the key. If ours, you're close, they're already open. You know? Well, in our car, actually, you can use your phone to start it and stuff yeah. like that. You can't use it to, you have to still have to get the key when you want to right. drive away. But still... Or like if you have a, like, you know, newer car, it's got the Apple CarPlay on it, right? So what if yeah. you just didn't have to plug in your phone to do it? It was just kind of baked into it, right? Yeah. It, it synced up with the last thing you were listening to and all that stuff. Well, that's how it'd be. It's like, I'm at home I, in the morning. Can you just imagine? So we'll be here one day. Mm-hmm. You wake up in the morning, throw your coffee on, you start drinking your coffee, you whip your iPad out, you're, you're reading the news, you get halfway through, okay, you start listening to a podcast, time to get ready for work, toss your AirPods in. Your phone, you know, and you're connected in your house still, so you're just kind of walking around. You listen to your podcast, getting ready. Uh, take your shower. You have a Bluetooth speaker in there in your bathroom that's all connected to your home pod or something, you know. And then you're all right. It's time to get, you know, get dressed. You get all your stuff together. Throw in your pocket. You go get in your car. Your car knows that your schedule because Apple's very good about schedules and stuff too. It already, it's automatically started and it's warmed up or it's cooled down because of the time of year. 
You, you hop in, your podcast you're just listening to, boom, is already there, starts automatically playing, and you just drive to work. Yep. And Siri is already integrated in your, a lot of your Apple CarPlay stuff, too, so it gives you the best way to get there if there's a traffic jam and all that shit. Yeah, well, so I don't know if you have any, like reminders set up on your stuff but like i have a couple for yeah when some get, of the daughter's activities and you know it says hey or like when you get in your car apple car places hey 23 minutes to get to work you know going the way you usually go or whatever right so the era is coming where you're at least going to have a partially self-driving car yeah so if it knows where you're going and you just hop in and start it and because it's you know six o'clock in the morning it knows you're going here or whatever and you just it goes click and yeah so you okay can, you can take yeah you know 10 minutes more nap you know until you have to get to a place where you got to start driving you know just sure. stuff like that it, you know, you hop in your car and said, are you going to work today? Blah, blah, right. blah. Because normally this is your schedule. This is the time you leave and knows you're at home. And yeah, absolutely. It's going to come. How so, much would you pay for all that? I, yeah, I guess back to what, <laughs> what the original question was. Oh, man. So I don't know. Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say this Apple car is going to be electric. Oh, 100%. They've already said it's going to be electric. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I wonder is so... You know, the most prolific electric cars right now is Tesla. Mm -hmm. So you have the Model S and you have the Model 3. There's a couple others in there, but for all intended purposes, it's just the two. Mm -hmm. So the cheapest Model 3, if you get all the tax credits and you get the cheap version, which only has like a 200 and some odd mile range, uh -huh. it's still about 35 grand. Yeah. So how much would you pay for the car that Apple's going to make you that has all that added stuff? But it's an Apple car, right? So it's, I mean, you're, you're going to pay that premium. Absolutely. So I don't know. That's a curious one because the mm -hmm. reason they peg the 35 grand is because I think that's pretty close to the average selling price of a, a new car, period. Sure. Right? I think that's so, about right. I don't know. I'm thinking like 50. So the Model 3 performance version is stickered in kind of the upper 50s. So yeah. like, like a fully loaded Dodge Challenger. Right? Sure. That's the price point for the fast version of the Model 3, which is still a four-door kind of goofy-looking sedan. Yeah. If you want the the Model S, which is like the fast one, it's still a sedan, but it's, you know, the, the fancy stuff. Two-door. It's Corvette money. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> the Apple car, are you paying Corvette money? Are you paying more than Corvette money? Or does Apple nah. pull something out and go like, hey, we're going to go after the Model 3 and it's going to be 40 grand, but it has all this Apple stuff baked into it. So so personally, me, if it's going to cost that much, if it's going to cost Corvette money and I have Corvette money. Get a Corvette. I'm going to buy Corvette. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> because, you know, I love, and don't get me wrong, I would get an electric car for as a daily commuter. I'm not against electric cars. I think they're a great idea. You know, you don't have to pay for gas. You know, you just charge it off your house, like, well, you know, your electric company. Um, but I still like my V8. Yeah. I still need a truck to pull my stuff. I still like gas motors. I like the raw, the loud. I like old muscle cars. There's yeah. something about an old muscle car. It's, it's, it's rough. It doesn't ride that smooth. The body rolls when you turn. It, you know, you just get that feeling. You know, when you punch it, though, you, you, you get sunk back in the seat. You know, there's you can't replace that with electric motor. It's the sound, the smell. So if I had Corvette money and it's going to cost that much, I'm just going to buy a damn Corvette. So it's funny that you say that because back in like the 1920s and 30s or whatever, uh, they actually had electric cars mm -hmm. and they sold them, but they were marketed more towards kind of wealthy inner city women and men preferred the gas cars. Yeah. Even though the electric cars were still pretty quick in the day, right? Because an electric motor is instant torque. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So- but they were quiet, 
right? And it was clean. There wasn't a bunch of moving loud parts going uh-huh. bang, 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 bang. Yeah. So <laughs> nobody bought them for that exact reason because it was like, oh, cool. Look at I got I got a machine here, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, there's something about that raw nature, you know? There that, is that. But you know, all the things you mentioned, you know, the stuff. I the Model S is not cheap, but the next Model S that's coming out. Uh, the performance one does zero to sixty in one point nine seconds. That's fucking. That is insane. Oh my So you're talking God. to throw you back in your seat speed. You know what's a what's a top of the line? You know Hellcat Challenger, right? Three something maybe. Uh, we should just look it up real quick. Yeah, look it up. I, I don't know, but uh, but you know you're you're thinking like speed. It's like man, the electric car is crazy. And then you know you talk about like handling. Well, hell, the, they're just like literally a flat frame. I mean, it's it's as stiff as you can go without, you know, getting into dragster territory. Mm-hmm. So the performance is there. The thing that sucks is you can't just pull over, you know, and, and charge it up on the interstate and keep going. So for me, like, I got a truck because I got camper and we like traveling. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you load a camper behind something, your mileage goes down. It's the same for an electric vehicle. The only problem is I can't recharge my electric truck at the rest stop off the interstate. Right. So until that day comes... I don't know that they would work for a lot of people, but it's hella intriguing. 3.7 for a SRT Hellcat Red Eye. And that's a Challenger, yeah? An 11.8 quarter mile. 2019. So that's extremely fast. I don't, you know, not everybody pays attention to that, but an 11.8 quarter mile is ridiculous. It is very fast. There's a Hellcat, another Red Eye at the bottom did an 11.4, which is retarded. And that's like, I mean, you're getting into, I mean, a lot of times for a car to have to run an 11.4, it is a dedicated, like, I drag race this car, right? Absolutely. So there's, there's no interior, there's no frills, it's literally just some slicks and a drivetrain. That's that's crazy territory. Yeah. So the fact that you can get a Challenger, you know, I don't know what that one cost, but it has leather seats, all the interior amenities that you can possibly think mm-hmm. of. And you're still running an 11.4 quarter mile is nuts. And we're still not talking how heavy that fucking car is. Yeah, you know, and I, it's funny because everybody's, oh, it's so heavy, it's so heavy. And it's like, I mean, it kind of doesn't matter when you have that much power, you know? Oh, absolutely. And then sure, the weight makes a difference when you're handling. But like, you know, call me the next time you're on an F1 course and you need to turn at 200 <laughs> miles an hour. Because right. if we're just talking 60, 70, 80, hell, yeah. they've had that mastered for 30 years now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, so part of me says if Kia is partnering up with Apple, because I guess that's what we didn't tell people in the beginning that this yeah, so the Apple car would be built by uh, Kia, yeah. would control the manufacturing. Yeah. So Kia is generally cheaper cars. Mm-hmm. Now there, I don't think there's actually anything wrong with Kias. They make cool stuff now. Like there's the they uh, do. I'm thinking Hyundai. Hyundai owns Kia, but there's like yeah. the the Genesis, I think, mm-hmm. is is really that's is actually pretty cool. Kia is the Optima. That's the one that, yeah. that Kia makes. It actually, it's a no, decent looking four door. There's a there's a few Kias that aren't too bad looking, um, and they're not. I remember when they first came out. Oh, it was I think we were probably in high school and Kias were, were a thing. Yeah, that was 15 years ago, and they were they were new. I don't know, whatever. They you know. Um, everybody's like, oh, they kind of pieces of shit. They suck. Well, the thing is, like, I don't hear about tons of Kias breaking down all the no, time. No, never do. They're made by South Koreans. I, uh, they you know, the other doing. one that this is interesting for is if you go searching, Tesla gets knocked on a lot for quality. Mm-hmm. Like for, you know, like, like if, if you've ever been around somebody restoring an old car, 
the way the door panel fits and that gap between the front fender and the door. Uh huh. And you can look and see that it's not even or that it's too big of a gap or too small of a gap or like part of it rubs when it opens and eventually the paint comes off. Yeah. I guess Teslas are notorious for having little quality issues like that. Really? Like uh, even seams and like the stitching of the seat, you know, underneath in mm-hmm. the paint quality, right? Where it has kind of that foggy kind of not textured, but. It's, it's not a clean, smooth, perfect, pretty paint job. Now, people take for granted how hard that stuff is to master. And you have to figure that big companies like GM and Ford, they've been doing this for over 100 years to figure out how to get this right. Oh, Tesla started true. from the ground up and tried to do this stuff in 10 years with, you know, retards in California. So Yeah, imagine if they built that shit in the Midwest. Yeah, so the fact that Apple is going to have a an established car manufacturer do this, I think from... Part one tells you that this is going to be something that has quality coming out the door. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be issues because these processes are, they've been ironed out, you know? Yeah. How much would you pay for one? I don't know. I probably wouldn't get one. Like, like until they have a truck come out. I mean, because to be honest, I can't see yeah. myself not owning another truck. I mean, if I get a car, in my opinion, opinion and just kind of how I grew up and what I've been around, it's it's going to be, you know, some kind of classic fixer-upper that I cruise around in on weekends. It's going to be... So the only reasons I would get a car would, for me personally, would be that exactly right there, or a commuter because I drive so far for work. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm a truck guy. Um, I like old, fast cars. Oh, I, okay, sorry. I like fast cars. Um but I would never have one as my single sole only car. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's either going to be have the fast car and that's the wife's car like we have now. And I right. have my truck or I'm going to have another car and it's going to be my commuter. Or I'm going to have an old muscle car as a project car, a weekend driver. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I don't. If electric trucks, well, the trucks are there. It's just if electric stuff gets to the point where I can stop and recharge it. As easily as I can just stop at Quick Trip or whatever. Ten minutes. I, I'd be fine with it. I would consider, like, mm-hmm. the Cybertruck. It looks kind of ridiculous, but I kind of like it. And yeah. then there's that Rivian R1 whatever. Mm-hmm. That it looks more like a Tacoma or something like that. I yes. would hella get one of those. because They look good. Yeah. It has as much mile range as my gas truck with the big tank. It has more pulling capacity. Oh, and it looks more. cool. So And it's faster. I mean, even yeah. that Rivian does 0 to 60 in 3 seconds. I mean, well, shit. My truck doesn't do that. No, mine either. My and, truck uh, has uh, almost 400 horse. Yeah. The, yeah. Prob- the problem is, you know, as soon as I hook up a trailer to it or, you yeah. know, I got to pull something, which, you know, I, I have land. I mean, there's, I'm not saying I'm like pulling 10,000 pounds on a regular basis, but you're always throwing brush back there. There's always a mm-hmm. mower, a four-wheeler, you know, camper, crap like that's always happening. And uh, what do I do though? Because as soon as, soon as you put weight on any vehicle... The range is cut in half. Oh, absolutely. And so now suddenly the ability to get fuel somewhere matters. That's that's what part of the reason why I got the truck that I have now was because my Tacoma wasn't cutting it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it was a great truck. I liked it. It was just as soon as I pulled, you know, added weight to it, it the, the V6 just wasn't doing it. Yeah. And uh, if the electric stuff can get where there's the infrastructure, I'd you know I'd I'd be much more privy to do it because I'm not one of those. Oh, I gotta drive to work, and that's it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. But no, nah, I would kind of expect an Apple car to be like 70, 80. But oh, I don't know. I, sure. Yeah. Because they don't, 
they don't do the whole, well, this is the affordable price. I mean, like the iPhone. Yeah. They're all $1,000. They make the one really cheap one, which is the one I have, actually. But mm-hmm. for, not, other not, than not that, me. the main iPhone is $1,000. I'm, I'm a big Apple fan. Even, <laughs> even, even Tesla, the first... Yeah. The first car they come with, you know, that you really get is the Model S, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's, you know, knocking on the door of a hundred grand. So, yeah. you know, the, the affordable one comes later. If I'm spending that much money on a vehicle, uh, 70 grand, I mean, and I, because I, I do want to get a diesel because mm-hmm. you're talking about hauling 10,000 pounds. I want to take my boat to another lake or I want to yeah. pull it out of the water. It's 10,000 pounds. And I, about 70 grand is like what a lot of diesels go for ish. Sure. Yeah, cheaper if you get less options and stuff, maybe 60. But I'm like, if I'm going to spend that much money, I don't know. I'm going to spend something on that. Not a, I'm not spending, I'm not spending $70,000 on a fucking iPhone. Right. Because <laughs> well, that's really then, what it comes down to. And then you get that diesel truck and it's going to get you 500 miles worth of range on a tank. Yeah. And there's diesel stations everywhere. It's and gonna last be quiet, forever. And it's going to have everything in the interior you could possibly imagine. Because yeah. I think people really under understate how like trucks is, are so competitive in America mm-hmm. that like even going from like just my truck which it's a new Silverado but it's not even like the top of the line Silverado but even just like the entertainment system and the way stuff is laid out in it compared to like the kind of the same class but like the car mm-hmm. the, the truck has like way more value baked into it because they have to compete with the F-150 and the Dodge, you know, in mm-hmm. the, the Toyota and the Nissan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just a, it's so much, again, capitalism. It's so much more competitive that there's so much more crap that gets thrown into them. Yeah. And so, yeah, you go get that diesel truck, it's going to have almost everything that Mercedes is going to have as far as like creature comforts on the inside, but you're also going to have ridiculous fuel range, ridiculous amounts of torque, you know, tons yeah. of storage capacity. Tons, yeah. Can pull lots of things. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I guess you want to roll on to the next one. So, we got. It's up to you. So the big one kind of stood out to me there on the on the screen here. Everybody can't see it, but Neuralink. Back to Elon Musk, right? The the brain chip implant mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So allegedly, they have a monkey in a lab that can play video games with its mind. Wild. Yes. And so fitting the cover of the article was the Caesar from Planet of the Apes. Uh, I was waiting for it. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. The whole like transhumanism AI thing, right? Like everybody always did, you know, the conspiracy. Oh, Bill Gates, they're putting microchips in the vaccine. (laughs) It's Well, I mean, Elon Musk (laughs) wants to stick something in your brain. He's so, you know, I love Elon Musk. He's so pro-freedom. He's... I feel like he probably thinks like we do. Well, it's on so many issues. It's been something like this. Like, this is interesting oh. though because watch him talk about it. He says that he's afraid of AI. He thinks AI is dangerous. Yes. On all that stuff. Yes. And so he thinks that we need to do this Neuralink thing and do it the right way, so that when that day comes, we're prepared for it and it's on our terms. So even his thinking behind Neuralink is less kind of Bill Gates conspiracy, and it's more. I want to control this because I don't want it to go that way. And so I'm going to do Neuralink, right? So it's almost mm. like he's he's stealing that thunder away from it, but it's still that exact thing, right? Because you have to wonder, like when they demoed the pigs that they had with the, with the implant, mm-hmm. you know, they can tell when the leg was moving based on like, you know, the brain waves or whatever. So who's to say they can't like, you know, hack that somehow and make the leg thing work. But 
and that's the entire purpose of the implant, right? Because if somebody's the, the immediate goal isn't like, you know, make you Hillary Clinton suicide yourself. And it looks like it was a suit. Look, he shot himself. Like fuck his brain implant fucking moved his arm for him. You know? Right, right, right. But, right. uh, the idea is that people that are paralyzed or it's a nervous system issue, they can repair that or restore yes. that or whatever and, and give you function out. That's the immediate goal. But ultimately in the long term, right, com- interface with computers. And- mm-hmm. There's going to be a point when you have Elon Musk's Neuralink, it's in your brain. Right. And you, all that, we talked about the Apple car and stuff like that. You want to fly an F-22, you just download the flight manual and go. <laughs> yeah. Or you are the key to your car, too. At yep. that point, you just jump in. It knows where you're going because it can sense your thoughts and stuff, and you just yep. driveway, and you can just take it The ultimate smart house, the ultimate smart gun, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Wild stuff. Okay. So, to jump on a different topic and jump in our uh, conspiracies category, did you watch this? I didn't. I didn't have a chance to do it. Wow. Okay. So, I've never been one to cons... I've never been one to subscribe to chemtrails, um, and I still don't, but I'm a little more convinced. So this documentary, Frankenskies, uh, I actually, I, I was listening to another podcast, and they brought this guy on, um, the, I cannot remember his name, the director, but go to Frankenskies, uh, was it Frankenskies movie, Frankenskiesthemovie.com for the listeners that want to check it out. Um, the first like half of the movie is pretty much just clips starting like the 1940s, 50s of like presidents, military scientists, TV clips, not, not, not something that they get recorded in, you know, that it could be set up. Like you could tell it's, it was on the news right. talking about cloud seeding, talking about geoengineering, um, and, and, and other stuff. And it's like, what the fuck? I mean, so I didn't know cloud seeding was that big of a thing, but they've been doing cloud seeding forever. And basically cloud seeding, they take like a silver oxide and yeah. stuff. And there's been talks already uh, to this day in, in, in recent, you know, uh, the last couple of years about uh, using that to like uh, cool the planet, you know, to stop global warming or, right. or climate change. I'm sorry. Um, very interesting shit. And then they, at the end of the documentary, the guy kind of comes on, and the actual director and stuff, and he talks about it and stuff. But now, the one thing, like on the podcast I listened to, the one thing that got me was he talks about jet engines. And I know a thing or two about jet engines. And he was like, they don't get that hot. Well, that's not true at all. Because the way the the people that subscribe hardcore to chemtrails, and, you know, every time a, a, a jet flies over, and they see the condensation, you know, the contrail behind it, they think, oh, chemtrail. Well, it's, I mean, when you're going through the, the sky, and there's condensation in, in the air up there, you know, it gets sucked in. That jet engine is hot as fuck. I'm sorry, it really is. And it, it fucking pushes a cloud out the back. It's just how, you know, it's how science works. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think, I don't think just because I see that up there, you know, that, that is a contrail, but I do believe now after watching this, they, cause even in the, which I don't, I don't know why they, these people in, in this documentary and, and they, they talk about like, there's, there's video of them basically having, um, like, well, take like a container and they dump their silver oxide down yeah. this tube and it, <clears throat> and it flies out. It's like, we can see that they're doing that. I think I think their biggest problem is is they're confusing chemtrails or contrails and saying they're chemtrails because those are chemicals being pumped out via the engine. That's right. not true. Those are our con- I believe those are contrails, but I also believe cloud seeding and geoengineering is a very real thing right. because there's fucking scientists 
and people in the documentary talking about. <laughs> They're not how... mixing shit in the jet fuel and pumping it out. The exactly. Because yeah. I was going to say, I, I haven't watched that, but I'm, I'm almost positive that I saw something, you know, this was years ago, that in Australia, they mm-hmm. had actually dumped like some kind of vaccine out of an airplane. Yeah. And it was just some study for a different purpose, but it was basically just that, I mean, the idea is not impossible that, you know, they could fly up. I mean, what do you think crop dusting is? Exactly. It's that. Yeah. And so it's just you're doing that same thing with a different purpose over another area. Mm-hmm. Well, they did it in St. Louis in, I think, the 50s. They were experimenting radiation on yep. the population of St. Louis. Nice. Uh, seeing if, you know, like what were the effects on people? Yeah. Well, it turns out they're pretty bad. I mean, so that it's not out of the realm of possibilities for government because the biggest thing about these chemtrail conspiracy theorists they're, you know, people say, well, okay, the government's doing this, and people always come back with the argument, and I, and I side with the with the chemtrail conspiracy theorists on this. People always come back, well, why would the government do that to us? Seriously, like, we could we can give you a thousand different examples of why they would do that. Well, they have their own families; they don't care. To right. them, it's like I don't know. You get these people in these high in, in, in power, all that stuff goes like, empathy and stuff just goes out the window. You know. Well, we, I so I think about my dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow, I spend a lot of money on dog food. Maybe I should switch to this cheaper brand and see how that affects them. Chemtrail, right? Sure. Same, same thing, right? Same fucking thing. Yeah, that's a really good example. Sure. That's a I mean, good analogy. It doesn't, it doesn't always have to be overtly nefarious, right? Like, it, it doesn't have to be dumping radiation in St. Louis all the time, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. it could be hey, maybe we can see this and it makes people happier and lowers suicide. I mean, you know what I mean? There, there could be weird shit like that that goes on too with the goal is positive, but that doesn't mean that the experiment itself is highly immoral or suspect in some way. You sure, know? sure, yeah. Because so, I think that's the big one is the, you know, the idea with the chemtrail is that you're doing something without somebody's consent, right? You're, you're affecting yes. their environment and yes. potentially their livelihood without them even mm-hmm. knowing that there yeah. is something that they're experiencing that may or may not carry you know, a level mm-hmm. of risk. Well, and in that documentary also talks about, uh, and it, JFK had a speech talking about changing the weather and using the weather as basically warfare or using that George as a Bush weapon. perfected it. Yeah. <laughs> um, he took out New Orleans, man. Yeah, he did. Took him a week. Fucking <laughs> fired up that, that weather machine. <laughs> I forgot about that. Anyway. Well, and what's the big one is a uh, harp up in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. And I guess harp isn't much of a thing anymore, but now there's a bunch of other countries that have harps they don't call it harp anymore sure they yeah. talk about it in there i forget what it is i highly recommend everybody to go check out that uh, we have nothing to do with the guy who who uh, made that documentary but it is just interesting like i said the first half is just tons of clips of presidents military scientists all on old news and and and, and cloud seeding and geoengineering used to be a mainstream idea that was out there and just kind of went to the wayside and now people like when they, when they hear about it oh that's not real yeah but anyway, before we jump on to the next section, okay, guys, welcome back. We have had our second break. We had had a few drinks, so that's why. But let's talk about dick jokes. And so, yeah, I would say dick jokes, but some of it is just kind of, you know, up the creek as far as, like, shit really sucks and is stupid. Sure. So we're up the creek and there's no hope. That's part of it. Yeah. And so the first one that's on there, it is political, but I didn't really want to spin it as political because to me it's just, I would still just file under depressing. So Yale University, there was a lawsuit filed against them for discriminating 
against white people, <laughs> right? Now, obviously, this falls under, you know, the affirmative action and stuff like that. But one thing that you do not hear so often with this stuff, because it is very real, is it also discriminates against Asians. So Asians are the new white people. They are. Because they score too well on their ACTs. Uh And so, therefore, we cannot let them into Ivy League schools because it disadvantages (laughs) everybody else. And so, if you read this article, there's, you know, like... uh, not this one, but if you go pursuing that rabbit hole, you'll find there's like school boards all over where there's been like Asian parents like pissed that their kids can't get into this or that or the other because of, you know, some other minority group that is somehow more minority than them because right. they're too successful. And if you want to talk about a, a group of people, especially in China and, and current countries surrounding that have been oppressed very recently via communism. Still to this day, there are places in Vietnam where people wear basically no clothes and live off of fishing out of canoes yeah <laughs> i know some of them who came from that that i work yes, with yes that come to america and are like wow this is great i can wear lucky yeah. jeans and send my kids to college and if they I, appreciate if I, that if i work hard it actually gives me something yes and yes. so culturally they've like dominated it makes well, sense they're some of the asians that i've met are like the most american people i have oh. ever met and it's not that they still don't have you know their, their vietnamese culture or whatever it is it's that like it's almost like they're like 80s Americans. Like like a lot of them, they work out, they dress well, they drive nice cars, have a nice house. Mm-hmm. It's just like they're doing it, man. That's that's what it was all set up to do was yeah. allow them to leave that fishing village where they lived in a hut, you know, and, and come somewhere where they can, can do this. And so uh, one of the guys I work around a lot, it's it's inspiring because he came from that. And he left it all behind and hopped on a fishing boat to like the Philippines. And then from there, got on another boat into, you know, a port in California and by himself, right? Yeah. And, and made a whole life for himself here. And now he's, he's doing well. He's, he's got a great income. He's had several kids since he's been here and he's sending his kids to college. And so for him, it's like, wow, right? Because like he, he knows exactly where it is that he came from. And it's right. like, this was something that was, that was never even possible. Wade got a phone call. Trying to ignore it. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought it was just kind of funny that like, you know, Asians are the new white supremacists. Yeah. They, yeah. And you know, it's because skin tone, their, their skin tone's too close to ours. That's, that's my thing. I think not really. I'm joking. But they did too well. And you know, that's something the Democratic right. Party doesn't like. They don't really want... You're not victims anymore. Get out of here. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. That's what it all comes down to. Anyway. Well, so the next one talks about GM. And I watched a video on this talking about t- uh, making its fleet completely electric by 2035. And I find that hilarious. Because the only reason why they're saying this is because, well, you know, one minute... We're all gas because they said that I think last year or the year before. Now they wouldn't they wouldn't do that, but now all of a sudden they want to like boost their social score, so they're going to say they're going to have a completely electric fleet by twenty thirty five. But what kind of boggles my mind the most is if anybody actually thinks that there's we're saving the planet by creating electric cars. Here's here's just some some news. What charges those electric vehicles? Right. It comes from electricity, which is comes from a power plant somewhere, which is most likely powered by coal. <laughs> you know, and I, on that note, 
And a lithium-ion batteries. Because the, the, the direction the left would go, like when they say green new jobs, they mean solar panels and windmills, which yeah. are not efficient. Not at all. They, they don't last. They nope. don't provide enough power. They mm-hmm. cannot replace, you know, natural gas or anything. But, like, nuclear power could. And so I think, you know, people want to argue about, like, green energies. Okay, I, I get it. So then why are you so against nuclear power? Because that's literally the only thing that can sustain the level of stuff we need and also be quote unquote carbon neutral. Yeah. And so if they're not pursuing nuclear, then fuck you, buddy. You're not serious because, because that's the the only option on the table. If this is, if your goal is genuinely to be as clean as possible and like better for the world and cheaper and all this stuff, if it's not nuclear in terms of like mass electrical generation, you're just a poser. That's, and they, I don't know. I mean, they all are. Yeah, there, it's because it's, it's just them. a virtue signal. It's, it's yes. windmills. Oh, look, a windmill. You spin something and it, yeah, okay, your car's had an alternator since 1908, right? So like, yeah. you know, this is not new technology. No. It, it just, it, it it's it, not efficient enough. That's why it's never caught on because there's a huge cost of manufacturing. Mm-hmm. It takes up land and all this stuff. And it's not like you turn one on and it runs for a hundred years without maintenance. No, it's a motor. It has oil in it. People have to go maintain it and replace bearings and change crap. That and, too, yes. You know, it's a, there's a process with all that. And then what if it's not windy that day, right? We just and, don't get electricity that day? Sure, <laughs> yeah. And then some, you know, they're always put in the direction of like the predominant wind, but not all of them like spin 360 to get wind from wherever the wind is blowing that day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes you drive by one and they're not even turning. And so- All the time. It, yeah, California is a great example. Like even this past year- you know, the massive blackouts because of the demand on the grid because they can't produce enough power. Well, why is that? Oh, because they did all wind and solar and it's not enough and it's never going to be enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and one thing that gets, <sighs> it's irritating because you'll always see, they'll say like, oh, Norway, look, they have all this green energy. It's like, yeah, okay. Norway produces half as much wind energy as Kansas and Kansas has less people living in it. Yeah. So <laughs> you, if you want to argue who's greener, it's Texas, Kansas, and Iowa, Sure. And all these other places. Yeah. But because politics is bullshit, we allow these companies to buy, you know, credits or whatever to claim that all their energy is green, but like literally nothing fucking changed. Mm-hmm. Nothing fucking changed. You're mm-hmm. just, you're just buying a timeshare on this electric grid saying that, oh, the wind is ours. Even though it's, it's fucking electrons in a wire, dude. You yeah. don't know where it came from. It's all just the same thing. It just, I don't know. It's, it's so overly politicized overly retarded and the other one that i wonder like on the car thing is like dude the batteries don't last anybody who's ever owned a cell phone or a laptop knows that a few years down the road suddenly it ain't what it used to be yeah the cars are no different just because it's a bigger battery doesn't mean that it doesn't degrade and they do and like so on the model 3 we were looking the other day like the cost of replacing one after like 10 years when it starts to have you know significant degradation Mm -hmm. is 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 over ten thousand dollars yeah. Right? So Insane. the average age of a car in America that's on the road is right around 10 years. So you're looking at what? Minimum, you ha- you can ha- only own that car for 10 years. Well, then after 10 years, what do you do? Well, you can't sell it if the battery's useless. And if the battery costs another 10 grand, nobody's going to want that car. They're just going to go buy another car for 10. For 10 grand, you can buy a pretty darn nice gas car with reasonable miles for the average person to get to and from work, right? So, so where is the incentive for this electric car? If batteries can't improve significantly in the next 10 years, which they might. Right. But where, when, when, Yeah, you know, 
So it's all just huff. And, and I, you know, the elites don't think about that. They think, oh, look, this Tesla 3, it only costs $35,000 and it'll get you 200 miles. Well, shit, that's well, not the distance from here to Kansas City. So you're telling me I can't leave town ever? Plebs. You don't yeah, need yeah, to. Yeah, you're just little peasants. Yeah, here, here's you your mule. Stay where you're at. We know what's best for you. You don't need to go far like that. Anywho, so then the last one for uh, this episode, the last dick joke in France, 81 people were busted for having an orgy past the coronavirus curfew. And what's awesome <laughs> about that is the thing that got them arrested wasn't the orgy. It was the fact that they were past the coronavirus curfew. Yeah, you can have an 81. <laughs> so <laughs> you can have an 81 person orgy, but let's focus on that for a second. Eight, what so, about that? That one person. So they weren't they weren't all engaged in the orgy. Yet. No, there was like fifteen, I think, or twelve twelve or something. Yeah, they were they were just getting started, right? Yeah. So so imagine warming up for this eighty one orgy. You're ready to put it and down. You're like, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> and then the cops come in and you're like, God damn it, I've been looking forward to this for months. <laughs> all because you're out past like nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a lot of them went to jail and got fined and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I just couldn't even imagine, like, like I mean, I'm sure stuff like that happens all the time, swingers and weird shit, but, like, sure, 81 people. That's so much. And then, yeah, what if you're the one guy? Yeah. Like, you're just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yank it. Hey, let what's, me know when I can join in. What's left for me? Bob's what? like, I'll bend over. Uh, let me know when I can join in, guys. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit over here in the corner and tug on it for a little bit. Sloppy 80 seconds. <laughs> Jerry, are you about done? Jerry, are you done? Oh, no. Okay. Okay, sorry. Oh, hey. Cynthia, you need help? Oh no. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm. Just, I'm over here. Hey, <laughs> it's so gross. I mean, how many of those people had like families too that didn't know that they were there, and like they find yeah. out like you get them out of jail because they were in an orgy <laughs> with eighty other people. <laughs> they did. They did. And you I were, thought you were going to the grocery store. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. There needs to be a great name for him, like the, you know, the something, the 81 to something like the... 81 Speedway, man. There we go. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, for anybody listening that's not local, that is a racetrack. Race it's a local racetrack, <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, the, uh, STD, oh, that's so Where do you gross. go to get 81 people to engage in something like that? Like, it's got to be like an auditorium somewhere with like a they big s- open space where you can just... Pile down, you know. They set a warehouse, an aban- I don't know. I don't want to say abandoned, but they set a, a warehouse. So concrete floors, yeah, tall ceilings, gross. dusty. But I think they put blankets down. Is there, just, is there just like a big empty concrete pad? Did everybody come like they're going to go camping? Everybody brings a picnic basket and a blanket. I just, how does that work? Are you going to be able to like bang this person for a little bit and then be like, "Hey, you good? Thanks. Hey, that was fun. Yeah, I'm going to go over here and... Okay, cool. See ya. Well, you have to get and there then, early. That way you can see who comes through the door and be like, this is who I want to hang out that with. That one, that one, that one. I mean, does it, do they do they just talk sometimes? Like, is it... Do you just like go... It's like a big party where some people are talking, some people are banging it out. That's or, probably what happens to Guy81. He's like, oh, I'm going to go to this, this this blanket looks cool. And then like they just want to like hang out and be hippies yeah. and smoke weed. And, and you're just like, oh. damn it, I just wanted to... <laughs> And STDs. Yes. I mean... One person brings the AIDS and ruins the whole party. (laughs) The one guy fucked it up for everybody else. It's... I I don't know. You know what? 
But in the end, I think it is absolutely ridiculous that they actually have a curfew, that they actually Yeah, you're, you're a consenting adult. If you want to go into a warehouse and bang it out with 80 other people, then, then that's, your, that's your right. Absolutely. I just don't want to see it, and I don't want to be there, but I don't care how late you're out. Right. Why in the fuck? Remember, so for anybody that is into orgies, just remember... They take away everything, always in the name of safety. They stop these people from banging it out because of coronavirus. Yeah, and if you're the 81st guy, just go home. Because yeah. you know as you well as anybody that there's supposed to be an even number. Right, you gross son of a bitch. Yeah. Alright guys, I think that'll probably be it for today. So, thanks for listening. Yep, don't forget to double up. <laughs> <laughs>